0: Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Whiskey Sour Libations and Conversations. I'm your host, Dominique. And today we have a very special guest and I am letting you guys in more and more and more. This guest is a former class. Well, you were my classmate, not former. Yeah. During my time at Webster University in St. Louis. And when I tell you guys things were chaotic for us, I'm not making it up. (laughs) Everybody, please welcome to the show, Alex Hook.
1: What's up? Good to see you.
0: Good to see you. It's been such a long time.
1: Looking perfect as usual, per usual. (laughs) Like, why is this girl talking to me? Have she seen herself? Like, why is she looking at me? What's she talking to me for?
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm going to receive that compliment. I'm going to definitely receive it.
1: Listen, this is is part of the problem with the world right now, and we'll get into this later. People need to start accepting good things about themselves. You've been coached your entire life to think you need to be humble about everything. And there's a difference between being humble or having humility and having confidence or feeling good about yourself. And too many of us got that confused at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Well, y'all, y'all know that I majored in broadcast journalism at Webster, and we both had the same degree. Yes. And we both had many, many teachers that were well, professors. I'm gonna use a technical term. <laughs> and I often share certain stories about certain professors because it still fuck them. But recently we just reconnected within like the last week. And you were telling me sharing all this information that I did not know was happening. And when you say, okay, people have to, you know, start receiving certain things. I think a part of it also too, is also being aware of the people that are in our space because oh. after, after we, you know, like when we were messaging, I started to feel bad. I was like, how did I miss that? You know, because we all interacted consistently with each other, you know, and I was like, wow, how, how did none of us see this, that, that what was happening? And, you know, you share with me that you were experiencing dark times at Webster, you were drinking, you started to yeah. drink more and all these different things. So I, I truly, I really did that. That really, I, it took, a, I had to sit with that for a second because we, I'm a person that always talks about, oh, you know, being kind to other people showing up as our true authentic selves, it takes nothing to be a good, you know, a decent human. It literally takes nothing to be a decent human being. All the while you're sitting 10 feet away from me and you are your world is upside down. So can you take
1: us through that a little bit? You mean like what happened? Yeah, what happened? Um so I grew up just like painfully like normal. And just like a very, very small town. There was okay. 4,000 people in my hometown. My I think there was 18 kids that I graduated with in my high school. Wow. Um, got along with everybody, super popular. For some reason, I never was attracted to alcohol or drugs or anything like that when I was in high school. And honestly, it was just that I was more interested in like dating and chasing after girls than I was uh, like weed or drinking. So I but I was still super popular, still went to parties and everything, still had great times and just didn't drink or do what those people were doing. And um, then I would. So, I don't know. When I first started at Webster, I was a freshman, which I graduated high school in 2005, so it would have been the fall semester after that. Yeah. So, like, I went to this tiny Catholic school and in a very small town, and I showed up at Webster, and I'm like, I'm the dumbest person here. I'm truly an idiot. Like, I'm a moron compared to these people. So, it was like full imposter syndrome before people even knew what imposter syndrome was. So... Yeah. So like that, then I went into this like existential crisis mode and I was still dating a girl from, that was a senior in high school. Um, so, and I don't know, things were a lot different back then. And I don't know that much about that school, honestly, but back then when I was a freshman, you had to live on campus the first year. Was it like that with you? Nope. I was commuting. (laughs) because you you were living in the city. So since I lived- Yeah, I was a commuter. Yeah. So I was a resident. So they only had so many dorms back then. So it was kind of a hard school to get into. And um, so freshman year, I was already, I mean, I already very much struggled with like codependency and change Mm -hmm. and things like that when I was a kid. So- when I went to college I felt like the dumbest person in the room and then they roomed me with a guy um who was from I
0: can't No. <laughs> but there were so many people from like different well, countries.
1: There's a, there's a bunch of Bosnians in St. Louis but um where was he Mongolia?
0: Oh wow.
1: Okay. And then but he was like significantly older than me. We had nothing in common, and he had like knives and things in the dorm room, and and like alcohol, and that was what was crazy about Webster. It was a wet campus, so if you were over twenty one, which he was for some reason, and still on camp, I guess because of a foreign exchange student, I guess probably junior year or something. I don't really know. Okay. But so, anyways, I was just severely unhappy. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody else that went to the school. Um, so I just for, I just basically just had a meltdown and I, I don't even, I don't know that I even, so I made it through the semester, the first semester. Um, and then I left Mm -hmm. and I moved back home with my parents and I went to a junior college, but. Also, it it became very apparent pretty early on, and I think this is maybe a conversation for later or some other time, but it became very apparent early on that I was wasting my money. There were professors that didn't know what they were doing. I had one show up one time with a dildo in his hand, waving it around. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What? Okay. So do you remember this class called freshman orientation They made us all take it?
0: Yeah. So, okay. So the fresh, okay. So you mean like those classes?
1: Yeah. Sorry. Freshman seminar is what they call it. Freshman
0: seminar. Okay. So I took my freshman seminar. I had uh, Gina Jensen. So I I took like a, a, like, oh, actually, no, I lied. I took a women's studies class. Gina taught the, that, that management, that time management class, I think that we all had to take. Because I, I remember
1: I've made actually lesson.
0: Yeah. Like I, we had to take, did you not take that? I feel like you were supposed to take that class.
1: Shit. I don't even know what I was supposed to do. Well, see, I transferred in though. So like some of my stuff, my, like. But your, what
0: I, got well, freshman, okay. So, but your freshman year, I, I was there in 05 too. So we had the freshman <laughs> seminar <laughs> class i took a i took a women's studies class and then there was a class that i took with gina jensen um because i would go on to really love her like she's a really dope professor her and her husband
1: yeah
0: um and we we did like a time it was like some sort of weird like time management class but it 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 like it was really really dope but it wasn't so anyway continue so yeah i I mean
1: and to be fair, I could have taken it and just do not remember because I think I okay. shared that with you before. Like, part of this is just I truly just don't remember. Like I just don't. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like I blocked it out or if it's just that I just don't relate to the person I felt like back then at all. Anymore. Okay,
0: that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So because
0: there's certain places I, I'm like, oh, I do remember taking that, but if it, like you said, if it was some, wasn't really something. Especially the the stuff that we, you know, like, oh, you had to fill this criteria or whatever. Like, I took business math. What do I remember from that?
1: Nothing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, back to it. what So, you know, I had to take this freshman seminar class, right? One of the art students, like, put a dildo on display or something. And I don't even remember what the class was. But for some reason, the professor got upset with the university because... He didn't think the child should be censored. So he's waving around this dildo in this classroom. I'm having an existential meltdown. Like, what am I doing doing with my life? And then I'm like, this idiot's up here waving a dildo around. I'm playing. I don't know. How much am I paying a year for this? Like, what am I doing? So I went to the red. I went and complained to the school. And I said, this is I said, this is insane. I was like, what am I paying for? If this guy's throwing around dildos, and I said, and why am I, why did I waste my time filling out the survey about m- to match myself up with a roommate if you're just gonna put me with whoever you want? What is the that
0: p- was, okay? So that was going to be my question to you. I thought that they did something like some sort of survey or whatever, trying to. So, how did you get from what I said? I'm a small town boy. To partner me with someone that's twenty one and got knives all over our dorm. Yeah, exactly.
1: If, who has and we have zero like interests whatsoever, and it's just because that's who was there. There was no like, there was a million. Uh, I still who who, I, who was? Do you remember who your? Uh, were you in Webster
0: Hall? Because I feel like I thought that was like the freshman
1: dorm. Hall, uh, I think. I think it was called okay. a- well it was above the cafe where the cafeteria was
0: yes that's where they had the fr- okay i have a funny story to tell you but go on
1: i had it yeah i had a my freshman or my uh hall guy was dan his name was dan something okay he was, he was an asian I, know, I know what you're talking about yeah. yeah small asian guy but yeah so um yeah so i sent an email to them i had a conversation with them And I said, this, like I brought up the whole thing and they said, well, we just don't, this probably just isn't the right school for you. So that's when I left after, at Christmas, which I kind of regret that in a certain sense because I started to develop friendships with people right around that time. And I wonder if I would have stayed, if those people would have continued to be my friends. I still see some of them from time to time, but I don't really also don't have that many friends from college. So, um, yeah, so I went to a junior college for a year or a, a semester. Um, and uh, at that and um, I thought it was, I, I, I was smart enough to realize that it wasn't right for me because I didn't try at all and I got a 4.0. And I was like, what, I was like, this is not good. Like (laughs) in hindsight, I probably should have just stayed there and gotten all of that because it would have been a hell of a lot cheaper. But then I decided I want to be a teacher. I went to Fompon for a year and I was still miserable. I hated being at Fompon too. It was very high schooly and I just did not like it. And that was, and I never struggled to get along with anyone in my life except for the people that. Went to school at Fontbonne for some reason. I don't know. Oh why. wow! Yeah. So, um, I was so, and that's when the drinking started. So the high school mm-hmm. girlfriend, she went off to college. Okay. Tried to do the long distance thing. Of course, that didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then, um, that's when I started drinking. Was, uh, so she's she she came from a family of drinkers, and they always. Kind of thought I was an outcast, like, hey, this kid doesn't drink. Like, she would be the one throwing like the weekend parties, and her parents didn't care that there was kids at their house drinking. Like, that was their thing.
0: Wow. Okay. So, small town vibes.
1: Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So she convinced me to, to and I to say convinced, I w- it wasn't that hard convincing me, but she had me take a drink after, uh, after like, um, Uh, The day after I turned 21. So that was really my first taste of alcohol outside of like church wine. And um, all of a sudden, this anxiety that I had lived with my entire life was gone instantly like that. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, this is what people have been carrying on about. Um, Wow. And then I, but I still didn't like go into it that hard. Like her and I were kind of on again, off again. And then that's, and then when we were off again, which was right when I've met you, um, that's when I really started drinking very heavily. Like I was just in a shitty apartment by myself and, um, just very, very unhappy with everything and just smoking a shit ton of weed and drinking so much red wine. They used to sell this red wine at Shop and Save that was $3 a bottle and I would buy that. But um yeah, so it just turned into an everyday habit. So it's
0: just, okay, so gradually over time, so like now you're back at Webster because we're in like our last, you know, like, you know how that goes. Like now we're in like the thick of it, like the classes where, like that are like our capsule classes and all of this stuff. And, and honestly, I just thought you were shy like you oh, would like crack, crack the random joke here and there but like I literally thought you were just shy and I was like oh okay but like I mean, I mean... you would say stuff it would be funny and I'm like what the hell like but you don't say nothing <laughs> don't be, and it would just and that's it that's it so like that's what I'm seeing like like that's just so crazy. And I think, and I, like I said, that speaks to us like just kind of like being oblivious to like what's really happening. Cause like, you're telling me like, oh, you know, I was this kid, I grew up in this small town, like.
1: Oh, I think you froze.
0: I'm putting it on Webster because website i think back to so many things that happened and i and i guess to a certain degree it kind of prepared me for the real world a little bit mm-hmm. that it's not all you know cookies and cream and or whatever the saying is it's not like that and they're going to be no matter what you do right it's always going to be somebody That's on some bullshit. Yeah. Because I think about like you said, something happened. I did not like it. I'm speaking up. And then it's like same responses, or nobody really rallying behind you to even investigate or figure out what's happening, because oh, somebody has been an adjunct professor for 20 years. Or this person has been here for so long. And it's like, but so because this person has a history of being here, like they have a track record with, with working here. That doesn't mean that they can't fuck up and make mistakes.
1: It also doesn't mean they're good at their job.
0: It also does not mean that they're good at their job because as I spoke to people about certain professors, it was a lot of people that did not like bitch ass Arrestas Valdez.
1: <laughs> I just didn't like him making me stay after class every time he would, here's what he'd do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did you did you, did you do it, this? Like, or buddy, buddy, what's going on,
0: boy? Fuck you.
1: He here's what he would he would do this thing where I had like a night class with him, and it was three hours or something. And I, I was, had that class, and then at the very end of it, he would be like, "Okay, now here's your assignment. Go shoot it." And then we'd be there for another hour, and okay, I yeah. almost I almost went. To, so that's like. I I think that's kind of part of what everybody needs to start like educating themselves with College is very much a business now it's not uh, it's not a it's not like something you have to try to get into anymore yeah as long as you're willing to apply for government loans you can get into college so if they're a business you need to be more vocal about, things that you aren't getting from that business. So like when I went back to grad school and I've always been pretty outspoken cause I don't let anybody tell me anything. So, um, when I went back to grad school, I very much took that approach where like, it was like, Hey, I could have picked to go to grad school anywhere in this mm-hmm. country. And I chose to come here. So if you're going to take off points because you think I put a comma in the wrong spot, on a paper and I'm here for social work, that seems pretty ridiculous. And I'll just show <laughs> you a different too.
0: Yeah, I get it. You know, I think I you know you are absolutely correct by the way, because like now we're also having that conversation of, you know, I feel like because our parents are boomers, like we pretty much were forced to go to college, right? Like it was like, it was like well, oh, at least see, in my
1: zero options on my part, like yeah, I, would, it was, I had to.
0: Yeah, it was like you know, you're good. if you don't go to school, you're gonna get pregnant. Like I, I wanted to take <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. always it's always the extreme in my house. It's never, it's never, it's never something that's low impact. It's always to the extreme, yeah. and so I, I believe that ultimately, um you know, like I wanted to take a year off. Like I wanted to try to come to LA or to New York. And I had decided that it was LA. I figured that out my freshman year of high school, that it would be LA and wanted to go to agencies, all these different things and really explore like my creative side. And like, literally I was told that if I did that, that I could not come back home.
1: Oh, you were told that by your parents?
0: Yes. Uh. So I I was like, ultimately that, that as fucked up as it was, you know, like I ultimately, so when I went to Webster, I didn't even really apply. Like my, my mom, my aunt raised my sister and I. And so um, she like, that's how I went to Webster. She went to Webster. Mm-hmm. Um, she picked my degree for me because i had i never i hadn't even thought that far
1: Why? Do you have ADHD? Like,
0: no because i've in my mind i was coming to la
1: oh i see what you're saying i had
0: made my plan like i was coming to la because i had a really great opportunity presented to me uh in the eighth grade um and ultimately my mom was like well if they're gonna if they want you like they're supposed to pay for the full thing like that's what Carla said which is my is my godmother or whatever and so it's like this whole thing and I was like like just paying for the hotel so I I just knew in my mind that that's what I was doing and then when I got mad with that like it's scary because like now you're thinking now I'm thinking ahead what if I fail and then where I'm gonna go. So then now I'm thinking about being homeless, like, you know, not be so, but then I never, I, I never thought about what if this
1: does work? Yeah. yeah. And it's also just like, it's also, I don't know. I mean, I guess our parents were sold a lie. I don't really, they
0: were, they were sold a lie. I, I don't, don't
1: lie. I I guess that's where it comes from because I mean I think it was in that they thought that they were doing the right thing by coaching everybody to go to college, but mm-hmm. now we're just finding out. First of all, like your undergrad does not matter; you can get it on in whatever you want. Like if I would have known, I could have got an undergrad in music. Do you know how much happier of a person I'd be today? Like because I would have just gotten a graduate degree in something else, and yeah. then. But it's. Just, I
0: don't. I don't think we talk about the the pivot enough. You know, so like you're miserable at, you know, like at school and Webster, you're going through all of this stuff because low key, that probably really, like you said, that's not what you probably really wanted to do.
1: Also, the other thing is just like. Maybe when you're 18 years old, it's really not a good idea to be making the decision as to what you want to do with the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I was 18, I was dumb as shit. So like. You I, were not. I was. You were not dumb as shit. So stop saying that. I was idiot when I was eighteen. As compared to like how I am today, like I was a true moron back then. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. But
0: life is about experiences and being able to grow. Like we all have done dumb, terrible things. You know what I mean? Oh well,
1: yeah. I mean, I didn't. I I made it through college without opening a book. That's both undergrad okay. and grad school. I just didn't. What? Do, I didn't do anything. I just. I like if you needed to pull a quote, I just pulled a quote. It was just it's like,
0: you know, honestly, when when I think about us having to buy books for certain classes, like you know, like okay, so
1: you the you, main you, classes. Oh,
0: listen, listen. <clears throat> I at some point I was just like over it. I don't think I bought books my last semester, like my last year, but um there were certain books, um, that like for the, 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 the women's studies class that I took, we were actually reading those books, but if it was like some sort of textbook, like, you know, outside of like certain psychology classes, whatever, for the most part, for our journalism classes, we didn't need that shit. No. Like there was one teacher because I had to take that class twice. Uh, so it was an older life
1: thing you should never allow a school to do that you're paying to go to is fail you in a class because that's ridiculous. And it wasn't
0: even see, but you remember like for for the the the, the classes for our degree, I think we could only get like a B or better. It was like an either a C plus, like I thought it was a B.
1: Wow. But whatever
0: I don't <laughs> yeah, but so whatever it was, <laughs> I got like a C in the class. So I had to retake it.
1: It was it had and to I be was, a D or it had to be a C or better, I think.
0: Okay. Because
1: um, that's why I had to retake history of broadcasting because I got a D.
0: Okay, so let me tell you about that, bitch. I and feel like I had... Why, I only had to take that class once. And so, y'all, I know we are jumping around a lot, but this is just how chaotic the experience was because Linda Williams was also my advisor. Mine too. I When I have the instinct and this is where i'm really because like now we're stepping into like okay still not being sure of things like where somebody hands you something and you're not realizing that you have the option to change and switch things up yeah when i had the instinct to switch her i should have switched her yeah because to be to be completely transparent i came into webster on academic probation so that meant that i had to have I think like a, a 3.0 or like a two, like whatever it was, I had to maintain a certain GPA so I would not get kicked out. So I knew when I was just fucking around in high school, like mm-hmm. I was super social, some stuff. I was just like, I don't feel like doing it. But also as as we understand mental health as we grow up, I realized that sometimes I would be anxious. Sometimes I would be sad, you know, like, you know, I would be depressed about certain things. Certain things will make me really uncomfortable. Um, I never really ever tested well in life mm-hmm. uh, when it came to stuff like that, because I felt like overwhelmed. So I, um. so when I did not, So my freshman year, so that meant when you came in an academic probation, you could only the, the max load that you could take was 13 credit hours. It was either 12 or 13. So I, I did that.
1: What's normal 16,
0: 15, 16, 15, 15, somewhere between 15 and like 18, if you're going to take like a full, full load or whatever. So outside of that, like, so after my first semester or whatever, the conversation should have been okay. If you keep taking 12 credit hours or whatever, you probably, uh, you will, your graduation will be delayed. Yeah. But that's how they get you because a lot of people end up doing five years at Webster.
1: I was and, there. Yeah. They got I, I did. For an extra semester. And mm-hmm. there was really no reason for it other than that the only reason I had to go for an extra semester was because they didn't offer one of the classes that I needed mm-hmm. to a degree for that semester right yep. away. It was ridiculous. Yep. So I had to pay for a whole nother semester. That's why the government I, never getting any of my student loan money back. I don't care.
0: They're not getting that back. Like I felt I like we were- I, felt,
1: I felt Figure like, it out. They should yeah, have like, comfortable with it.
0: And then when you f- was finding out that like uh, Dr. Helms and then I know as I graduated, like I think it was like uh, Beth Strobel, whatever that came in that was president when they were making close to a million dollars a year. I was like, oh, F all y'all. Yeah. But you know, like ultimately, um, like the conversation should have been that, you know, okay, so you should probably now consider bumping up um, you know, your classes. You are I was like making the dean's list and all that stuff. So that should have been the conversation. And I felt like she did not give me the she did not set me up for the proper success. So as we're approaching like which would be normal junior year. I was short credits. And so one semester I took 24 credit hours. Two two classes I took, I took at the community college. And so I'm in summer school trying to catch up and all, you know, like, so I can work. Yeah, and I did it and I didn't triple. I was working full time. I had a job on campus and I had two jobs outside of work, but I'm making it work and still with short credit hours. And I and like you said, I only needed one, one class or whatever, and ultimately um, whatever it was, I don't know if it's that it was not offer, but I, like I ended up having to do pretty much because of how financial aid was set up. And Webster, it costs more if you took if you fell below a full, like the 12 credit hours, Webster was more expensive. So I'd have taken yeah. another full load. Yeah. I was so pissed.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you had to take like over 12 to get fine to qualify for financial aid. Yep. Which is idiotic too.
0: Yeah. And so I, um I was like, oh my gosh, like I, and that and so when my sister went to Webster, I was like, hey, my advice to you is always check always double check if something doesn't feel right ask somebody else because that's, that's what I should have done that's mm-hmm. what I should have done but then it's just like you don't like also like when you're reporting certain things or saying certain things like you're getting so much pushback so it's like okay well maybe you are right you know you work here like but it's all it's all a, a, a sham and and now like I said this goes back to you know us the books and everything is so much the inner the internet was at our fingertips then so because i i would go to the library to do work but it wasn't like i was like checking out books or anything like that everything that i got like i got from the internet yeah i tell people now i was like hey unless you're trying to go like be a teacher or something and hell you can go teach at a charter school without
1: a a degree a degree Yeah.
0: For real. But um utilize all the free resources that you can. Yeah. Like I have I have friends that have started really dope like companies, all these different things worked for amazing companies, and they learned everything on YouTube.
1: Oh yeah. I mean everything that I I never learned to, I didn't learn anything in my undergrad. I truly didn't. Like the only class that I ever remember learning anything, we took I took like like a class about sleep it was like an elective class that's the only thing i ever learned anything in wow the time i was there from what i remember and that's not to say anything about the school it's probably a lot to say with like me and just like my interest in things but right everything that i learned i've i learned through life experience and there's yeah i don't know a lot of that just seemed to be there that what I struggled with the most with that school seemed to be that they wanted to be progressive in terms of certain things. Like culturally, they wanted to be progressive, but they did not want to be, they didn't if we were there for radio, why did I have to watch my language on internet radio? Like this is okay. The- we're here.
0: <laughs> so
1: I mean that's always that's been a big argument of mine for years.
0: So I I that was okay. I I so guys Alex had a show, I had a show. I had two. On, shows. I yeah, you say what?
1: I had two shows.
0: I I would pop in on my other friend's show so it, I pretty much had two shows. But um it would mine was called the T with pretty sedity that was that was my that was my show and i would play r&b and hip-hop hell yeah and i like you i was like you know you guys are not providing us if you want censored music like we're doing this for free but you guys are also not contributing you don't you don't have a log of music that we can pull from like a real radio station so we are playing our own things but it, again it is on the radio on the internet
1: yeah
0: the school has like that people are tuning in but are they really tuning in so yes they will have it playing in the uc and um you know like marletto's and things like that like often because i met really you know cool people in passing because of that but um ultimately i remember jim singer bust through the door i played one of the songs from dream girls and I think it said shit or something. And Uh-oh. he was like, cut it. You're done for the day. Heck yeah. And I was like, what happened? But I didn't even realize that that had even happened. And so like, now I got to sit in his office. Now I got to have a conversation.
1: Oh, and you like, had to do that too?
0: Yes. FCC. Did he call I'm, sitting here. I'm like, it's on the internet.
1: Did he call It's not witness?
0: real. Like, you're not going to get fined.
1: Like, they're he, not fine it he, that? he called in a witness to me on my, on the meeting with me. He had another, what? I can't remember what the guy's name was. It was a black guy. I can't remember his I name. Know. I know who you're talking about. Either.
0: I know who you're talking about. Yes.
1: He's it must have been right. Mike Williams actually. Cause I remember thinking he was cool as hell and then he kind of did that. And I was like, this guy sucks.
0: Oh, Oh no. Mike was my favorite. I thought you were talking not about been him. Yeah, it could have. I thought you were talking about the short guy that was, he was an older
1: for- guy, wasn't he? An older guy,
0: yeah, that had glasses and he yeah, would like work was like, office name. Where we checked like, out equipment, yeah I,
1: yeah. I don't know what that guy's name is,
0: even. But do you okay? So, all these things are happening, like at Webster, like in your life in general, and you're kind of like spiraling out, and all these things are happening. Ultimately, we graduate mm-hmm. and you're still kind of having a tough time a, a, would be say adjusting or did you, do you go back home after graduation? I am aware that you were still, um, drinking. So like what happens
1: next? So, um, when I graduated, I was already living off campus in an apartment by myself. So I stayed up there and thankfully the one skill that I did learn while I was there, And that's harsh. I did learn other skills while I was there. But (laughs) one of the skills that I learned while I was there was that um it was right when internet classes started to take off. And Mm. I got hired at the help desk uh as my work study job. So I got trained on how to use Blackboard, which used to be like a learning platform that I don't I don't even know if they use it anymore, but
0: I don't know either.
1: That's what was so I went and interviewed for a job in the middle of nowhere, Missouri doing radio. Right. And it was like overnights. And the, first of all, the interview pissed me off. The guy goes, he said, so uh," he goes, "Um," you know, these interview questions, he goes, so um, these are overnights. Um, How do you plan on like adjusting your schedule to uh, meet that need? And I said, well, what I'll do is I'll sleep during the day. He's <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like you <laughs> asshole. You're definitely not getting this, uh, I, I'm this jo- job. I, I'm not shitting you. That was my exact response to him. I said, "Oh, well, what I'll do is just sleep during the day and work at night." Like what? And so I didn't get that job, right? Um, so I need. I I didn't think radio was really right for me, anyways. I just like I had ADHD my whole life, but I didn't know. I just my parents told me I was lazy. So um, I went to school for broadcasting because I knew I could get through it without really trying that hard. Mm. So it, it wasn't really a huge interest of mine, really. I mean, it was just like, oh, what, what can I do and not do math? Okay, that, that's it. You know? Isn't
0: that sad? Like, what, what do I have to do to not use math? Yeah,
1: what do I have to do to, like, get through this the easiest way possible? with the least amount of effort is what my idea was because and then um yeah so i didn't get the job needless to say and then um so i i don't even know how i came to find out that it was like a marketable skill to know how to use blackboard but i ended up going to work for a textbook company um and like doing blackboard stuff basically wow and that's what I did for, like, seven years. But, I uh, i mean, that was, that was, like, the worst of it. Because I was just severely, severely unhappy with every aspect of life.
0: Mm.
1: When it came to, like, my profession and just, like, I don't know. I'm one of those guys that just, like, questions life at a deeper level. I think there's just people that do and people that don't. And if yeah. I'm not doing something with my occupation that serves a purpose, like... I don't see the point of doing it.
0: I'm the same way. Like, I feel like if it, if I'm not here to make it better or figure out, you know, like, how, okay, so even after I'm gone, you know, like, when I say gone, I mean from this company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like, so, like, that's that's one of the things. So, like, now, even at my current job, now that I figured it out, I like, I feel so much better, you know? I'm like, okay, this is not as bad. I don't no, feel like no. what I'm doing is redundant but I think like so you are working at a textbook company and and now like what's next because you said it was seven years and
1: yes, yeah, so I, I was working at this textbook company for like seven years I became progressively a worse and worse alcoholic I just mm. had a lot of just unfortunate things happen to me where like I had a cousin that died of some like I'm I'm really not even sure, um, and then uh, I had an aunt die, which was his mom, and then mm. um my grandma and grandpa both died. It was just like a lot of people, a lot of death. Yeah, yes. right? and I already hate my life. I'm already questioning what's the point of everything. So I just start drinking nonstop all day every day, and. Um, eventually I, so I was living with a friend of mine and then, so I decided at some point during my employment there that I needed to get help for alcohol because,
0: because that's what I was going to ask. When was that turning point for you?
1: So that's super complicated in a certain sense, but, um, I'll try to make it as short as possible. When I was working at the textbook company. I was drinking all night, like I would get off work at, I think, like, I don't know, five or something, get home at five, and then I would drink until I passed out, and then I wake up and do it again. Well, Mm -hmm. there was one day when I was on my way to work, and I sweated through my entire shirt. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And um, so I stopped at like a Walmart or something, and then I bought another shirt. On the way to work, and then I got there, and I had already sweat through that shirt. Wow! And I was at this point, I had gotten to be very heavy too. Like I weighed three ten at a point in time. What? Yeah, okay. I'll send you a picture. Uh, it was okay. Nice. Um, but so, um, where was I? Where did I say?
0: So what? you were sweating through your shirt. You went to Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Shirt, well, you sweat out.
1: Yeah, so then, I, uh, so then I just told my boss, I said, I just don't feel good. I'm going to have to go home. And I went home, and then I took a shot as soon as I got in the door. Oh, and,
0: wow.
1: And instantly, I felt better. And then I was like, holy shit, I'm going through alcohol withdrawals. Like, that is crazy.
0: Wow.
1: So it was like beyond hangover. It was like I was physically going through withdrawals, like within yeah. a couple of hours of because that's what ends up happening when you when you chronically drink. It's like most people that drink chronically will tell you they're really just doing it so they don't have to feel withdrawals after a certain point in time. And yeah. That comes So and then you're just miseducated on alcohol and the dangers of it. It Kills more people than any other substance on the in the United States every year. Way more than fentanyl or anything else. And nobody wow. never talks about it. They just say don't drink and drive. They never say just don't drink. You yeah. know. What I mean? Yeah. So, like, I didn't know that you could, like, most people don't know. Maybe you don't know. You know that, like, so when I decided to quit drinking, shortly after that, I quit cold turkey. I literally almost died from quitting cold turkey because you can die.
0: Really? From-
1: oh, yeah. Alcohol withdrawal and withdrawal from benzodiazepines, like Xanax and things like this, are the only two lethal withdrawals you can experience. Meth withdrawal won't kill you. There's like very little evidence that opiate withdrawal kills anybody. It's it, alcohol withdrawal kills so many people a year. And you don't even know because they never tell anybody. Like they don't tell anybody they've been drinking. But what happens is, so alcohol depresses your central nervous system, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you when you take it away, your central nervous system goes nuts. That's what a hangover is. Your central nervous say, system saying, hey, you were giving me something that was making me feel better. And now you're not anymore. So give give me more of it um
0: wow okay i never knew that
1: yeah so the natural reaction of most people is like oh i feel horrible these are the consequences of it but there's some of us that say you know what i could not feel horrible if i just drank more and that's what ends up happening but yeah so you i i almost died i ended up in the hospital for four days i told i i um they almost had to and then um
0: wait okay can um while this is happening, are you by yourself? Like where are your parents? Is anybody contacting your family? Like what's going on? Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. So let me go. So I'm trying to figure out the sequence of events essentially, but
0: You don't have to figure it out. Like just just tell us what you I don't want you to feel like you know,
1: I was still living with my friend. I was still living with my friend Brad at that time. Oh, and okay. I, and I just decided like
0: Brad from Webster?
1: No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he, so I was living with my friend, Brad, and, um, I don't know. I think I went to the hospital and then they, yeah, I just told, I told my work I needed help essentially. And oh, were like, okay. And they are like, you can take family medical leave. Like, these are the things that I don't remember. Like, I truly don't even remember doing any of this stuff. So, um, when I went to the hospital, then they, uh put me into outpatient rehab, which was my first experience with group therapy. Which, okay. Which is why I'm a big proponent of that. But um, yeah, so I tried that, but I actually didn't want to ever quit drinking. So I, I don't know. It was just like this series of like me going several months without drinking and then drinking again. And oh okay. And like my work got tired of it. So they didn't fire me, but they outsourced my job to a different country. And they kept a lot of the people and I wasn't one of them. Okay. I would, I can only assume that's because I struck of that, you know, because yeah. I was one of the best and I thought like probably one of the top performing employees when I was there. Oh, but,
0: wow.
1: Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, it, then from there, um, it was just like a series of jobs. So, I lost my job, but I got a severance package, which okay. was awful, because I drank most of that away, and I didn't do anything for, like, ever, oh, and my friends ended up getting mad. My friend Brad, he didn't get mad. He just, he was moving on in his life, and he's like, you need to find somewhere else to go, and I ended up, so I was outsourced my job, and I didn't have anywhere to live, so I moved back in with my parents. Okay. Um. And... Uh, from there, I just did like odds and ends stuff, and okay. I like um. But I, so I worked for Quest Diagnostics for a little bit. Okay. Um, then I worked for another IT company and then got fired from that for drinking. Drinking, yeah. Which that story is for a whole different day. That's one. Listen, <laughs> that one was wild. I wrecked my car into a ditch. Ran. Uh, it was wild.
0: Alex.
1: oh my god that's the cra- that's one of the craziest stories i have so yeah um that was right before i turned 30 and i got super depressed turning 30 okay. having accomplished nothing in my life up to that point and i was like
0: do you did it? you feel like at that time like the whereas at first the alcohol was kind of Making you feel good, like you said, like taking away the anxiety that you have when you had your first drink. Versus now, is it making it what you're feeling more uh, in the forefront now? Because it's no longer suppressing certain things. Is it? Is it? Is that what could have been happening? I'm, I'm not, not like, trying to therapize you, by the way. <laughs> I'm like,
1: <laughs> um, it was more of just like, I think here's the one difference you can ask here's the one question you can ask anybody to figure out if they're an alcoholic. When you start to drink is your intention to get the most drunk you can ever get. Mm. Because that was my intention every time to get the most drunk I could possibly like, I'm getting the drunkest I possibly can today. Wow. Yeah. So that was, I don't know. It was just like, I just became helplessly addicted to it. I don't know what else to tell. Like, I truly just don't. Kn- it's hard for me to even think like. Why or. Why or why I felt so low or bad at that time in my life. Because like. I just don't get it. Honestly. I
0: think based on what I'm hearing and, and and I think. I think possibly it could be your you grew up in a small town you're now in an environment that's foreign to you your roommate is weird um even the smallest camp camp of campus of a campus that Webster is it is still very big yeah you know especially if you use you, you graduated with 18 people in your class you're trying to find your way you're you're we're all we're all trying to figure it out yeah. you know what I mean and so it's for some people it takes a different toll. And at that point, I because you know, whereas me, I'm like, well, fuck it. Like, if I'm gonna be here, uh, you know. So, but each person it shows up differently. And then also think about it. Even in 2005, the mental health conversations, as progressive as things were, they still were not nowhere near what it is now. Well, no, whereas
1: still now, nobody even knows what's going
0: on. Yeah, it's still it's still a lot of things that people are learning and navigating. We still have people to this day that uh that that struggle with it. We all, you know, on some level we all struggle with it. But I'm I wanna I wanna point this out too because you said that like, oh, I have friends there, but it's like, you know, I was starting to build those relationships. So I wonder what that would have looked like. I remember there was a clip of a young uh it's a trans trans man and uh they said I I wish I would have talked to more men before I did this because I didn't realize how lonely it is sometimes being a man.
1: Well, that's the other thing I was going to say is that I never liked being alone. I didn't like it. So when I, and when I didn't have a girlfriend, right. It, this set off this whole like thing. Like I had dated that girl for a very, very long time. So, Mm. and I had fully thought that we would probably get married. I really did think that. And when that didn't work out, I was completely lost. Uh, Because one certain thing I had was her. Yeah. I don't like being alone anyways. Alcohol became my best friend. It became my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. It gave everything to me. It was the only thing I ever needed. I
0: didn't need it. She was always there.
1: Yeah. And all I had to do was just go get, like, my favorite thing to do was get drunk and watch The Sopranos. Like, that was literally my favorite thing to do. Wow. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, it it was nuts. Yeah, so I don't know. It was just like a series of like in and outs of rehab and things like that, and then I ended up getting two DWIs. Uh, yeah, it was the, and um, then was just doing well. I mean, I Alcoholics Anonymous was super beneficial to me. Um, okay. It, so that, like,
0: okay, so when you got the DWIs, like you were you were at home, you were like back with your parents, right?
1: Um, let me think.
0: Like yeah. it was so because like now because that's why I was saying I was like okay where are your parents because like you're clearly you know having a, this hard time and is it like Alex you you better get it together because we don't want it to kill you like we don't Sorry. want this, we I love, love you it.
1: yeah I didn't explain that my parents are the most supportive parents on the planet and okay. they were with me every single bit of the way I was still working in St Louis. And Mm. living in St. Genevieve. So there was an hour commute to work every day. I went back in with them because I was working at like a really random company up here for like a year or so. And then just Quest Diagnostics for a while and some other things. So my parents didn't want me to drink, of course, because I said I have a problem with drinking. So I started just drinking outside of the house. So every morning when I left their house for work as soon as I got outside of the small town that I lived in, in the next county, I would stop at this gas station. I would buy two pints of Jim Beam. And I would drink one of them on the way to work. And then I would get there and, like, sleep in the parking lot for a while. And then the other one I would just, like, nurse till lunchtime, and then I'd go buy two more.
0: Wow, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, so, like, one of those times... Um, when I had drank too much, I was at a gas station waiting for a friend to come pick me up because he had just moved. This was before, like, Google Maps. And he just moved, like, up and, and he's like, I'll just meet you at this gas station. So I went into the gas station, which this one was kind of bullshit. I went to the gas station and bought alcohol and I was drinking in my car. And um, the gas station attendant called the cops. Yeah. And And they... Charged me with it because I had my keys and my ignition.
0: Yep. I was going to save your keys. That's how they get you. Like, even if you're just sleep, like, and you pulled over to take a break, like, I felt tired. You have to take your keys out. Yeah.
1: So then I was, yeah. So I was broke paying all these lawyers and everything. And it was just like, yeah, I don't know. I lived with my parents and then um, did all these random jobs. I was a butcher for a while. And then I helped my friend tear down barns, and we made like flooring and all kinds of stuff, like wall coverings and stuff for people's houses out of old barnwood. So I did that for a while, and then um, I don't know. It was just like I kept. I went to Alcoholics Anonymous. Super beneficial. Did everything. I it, it's intended to do, but nobody. I think just like the thing with drinking is. that that nobody really talks about after they quit doing is is that nobody makes you quit drinking. You do it on your own. Nobody was ever going to tell me to quit. Like I had made the decision that I was going to quit. So after just like relapsing again, I was just like, I'm tired of this. Like, Mm. so I finally just bit the bullet and I was like, I'm going to go be alone with strangers again in my life. And I'm going to enter into a actual rehab and I spent 28 days at Harris House in St. Louis, and then I left there on Halloween of 2018. Mm-hmm. I got drunk one more time after that, just to make sure the 10 grand was worth it, and it was. And I've been haven't had a drink of alcohol since that time.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And now, and like now you you found your your tribe, your village, you're making music,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it took a while, honestly, like part of it was that I was lucky in that going back from my very ex- first experience that I talked about, where I went to my work and I said, I need help. they I went to St. Mary's Hospital in St. Louis. And I met a social worker named Beth, and she pulled me aside. And she said, "You should really probably do this for a living." And that meant the world to me that she said that. So, um then when I went to, I'm gonna cry probably. Then when I went to, okay.
0: like this is this is a safe space, And sometimes it's like just telling your story it's like it's also healing for you.
1: Yeah. So then when I went to rehab, I met uh, my counselor. so in rehab, you go to classes all day with like mm-hmm. group classes all day. and but then you have an individual counselor, too. My individual counselor was a, a guy named Joe, who was the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Okay. And when I left there, he said, You need to do this for a living. And when he said that, it made sense. So yeah.
0: it, it, it always is like, it, It's all, it's the universe talking to you and, and confirmation, and it's just game changing.
1: Yeah. And but like, it he was. I remember having a conversation with my mom, just saying like, Hey, if I'm ever going to get over drinking, I'm going to have to try to help other people figure out. Like I got to make a difference or else there's no point. Like, so yeah, I just went back to grad school. And (laughs) so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, super supportive parents. They let me live with them. As soon as I got out of rehab, my friend that was tearing down Barnes, let me go back to work for him. So I did that for a while and I put myself through grad school. I got like a, almost a 4.0 in grad school. Just based on literally nothing but a life experience. I bought no books. Yeah. Yeah, I bought no books really. I like, I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was neat. So yeah, I did all that online during COVID and I was working at a nursing home during COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was wild. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it was like, and then, um, I don't know, I got fully licensed at, well, not fully licensed. I'll be completely fully independently licensed in April. Okay. Um, to where I could like start taking insurance money and stuff like that. Right now, being becoming a therapist is very much like becoming a doctor. So you have to be, oh, under, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to be under supervision for an incredible amount of time. And I'm almost finished with that. I mean i'm finished with the hours i'm like waiting for the amount of time which is two years and so in march i can take a test once i pass that test i'll be able to completely practice on my yeah,
0: own no, i think that's so dope like it's you could think of all these crazy things but one thing like i said that always stuck out you said if it's if it, if if it's not making me better then what are we what are we doing and you went through all that to find your purpose
1: yeah, I think that's kind of like what life is in a certain sense. Yeah. That is the answer. It's just like we don't know what's going on. None of us know what's happening. But as long as we're just trying to better everything, then what's the worst that could happen? Like you die, yeah. and, you die and you're anonymous? Who can- That happens to all kinds of people. So like, yeah. try, try to do something with your life. At least that's you how
0: I say it. So, you know, what's interesting is that when we talk about like legacy and things like that, like that, that is what we're talking about. I'm like, I think people get that misconstrued all the time. It's like my legacy uh, it's not your kids. It's not. It is the impact that you made on this world, whether it be to one person or if it's to two million people, it is how you showed up for people and in their lives. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's so important.
1: Yeah, I think it is, too. I think it's important to try to help other people. And yeah. because I don't know. I've always been a person that liked helping other people. So, I mean, my mom was a teacher. So, like,
0: yeah, isn't that pop- is?
1: that's what I went to Fonpon for because it's a great school to go for teaching. So I went there for a year. But it's just like, I don't know. It was my li- everything in my life led me to where I am, which I'm thankful because, like, honestly, I just didn't learn that well. Like I was. I kind of just bullshitted my way through all of school i tell people that all the time and they don't believe me but i mean from grade school on i just bullshitted my way through the whole thing i kind of just did everything yeah. After that. yeah
0: and and also i think that um you know like it's just okay so what i'm trying to say i'm trying to like get the words out right and i just i think that also too is like also, it, it speaks to a lot of stuff that we just do because we feel like we have to, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do this or do that. And you speak to having ADHD. You've had that your entire life, which a lot of us have, you know, have like I, I so many people get diagnosed as adults with ADHD, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, this makes so much more sense of why I was doing certain things as a kid. I, you know, so I be like, man, yo, low key. I was like, I might be on a spectrum. <laughs> I was like, because it's certain things, certain sounds, certain senses. I was like, yo, it's like, it's too much for me. And I freak out. So I'm like, all these things that we're still learning and processing as adults. And I think, I think this is such a dope, beautiful story.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I yeah. Say-
0: you know, Like even in the darkness, like, you know, I know there are people that only focus on the darkness where there's darkness, there's light. And so it, it might, it might, that light might be kind of far, but you, you figured it out and you got there and you were able to grab it and you was like, this is me. This is who I am. This is a part of my journey. And I want to be able to give back to people. I want to help people. If, if I didn't like school, like, um, I, I, I've said multiple times to people, I was like, I would go back and maybe consider being a therapist because exactly. I like talking. I I, listen, I like talking to people. I like helping people solve problems. I'm an Aquarius. We are very solution based people, so I, I do like that, and I love that my friends call me and say, "Hey, do you have this space?" Because I, I tell my friends, I say, "Hey, you gotta ask me. Don't just call there and you, dump."
1: There you go.
0: <laughs> don't don't call and dump.
1: Keep those. Ask, you say what? Keep those boundaries. With
0: oh people. yeah. Oh, I I am so pro boundaries. I was just telling my uh I'm best friend about it. About it. I'm I, really bad at it. I you listen. Peace is a luxury that we all can't afford. Many people don't want to do the work to obtain that peace. Once I figured that out, you can't you Alex, you can't even call my phone talking to me crazy. Yeah. If I'm at home, oh, 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 oh. I don't like people arguing in my house. You got to go. I will kick you out. And that can just be it. Um,
1: if have, you you call read, my
0: phone.
1: have you ever read about a highly sensitive person?
0: Oh, no, I'm definitely high impact. D- I'm
1: has, have high. you read that? Have you read the highly I sensitive person? I haven't read person? that. It's everything that you're saying, which is that it's a group of, I mean, there's this like, it was a psychological theory that, um, some people are just biologically born to be like more emotional than other people. So like, um, you as a person might get overstimulated by sounds and things like that, that other people don't get overstimulated by just because your, your, your brain just biologically developed a little bit differently. And they call it a, they used to call it like, a highly sensitive person now I think maybe they call it like something else I can't remember the name of it now but it I mean I that's the other thing I think like mental health it I think everything's gonna kind of change in the sense that with the way that they can scan the brain now and know things about brain chemicals I think everybody probably exists on some sort of spectrum somewhere in a certain sense
0: that's how I feel and I'm like you know, I I people and, and and it was the interesting thing about boundaries, too, is that what I always tell people, I say boundaries are for you. They're not for the other person. They're for you. So other people might not understand that. And that's OK, because you're looking out for yourself. Right. And so. It was it was a situation that happened. And um, what well, I didn't almost speak to my dad for like a year. Mm-hmm. Because of crossing that line, and you know, parents they feel like they can, they because they've had a VIP access pass this long time, and then you're like, "Ooh, I don't like that," or you know, and that's people in general. So you revoke it. Yeah. So I was I I revoked revoked it. Now he almost tried to down me this year, so that's why I, you know. So I was like, "All right, I won't be petty." But uh, yeah. But you was being petty first, but ultimately, it's just like having to understand and now okay because you were restricted do you understand why i did this yeah because it's not conducive to me i don't want to argue with people i don't want to talk about things that don't feed my spirit and my soul and that's just it so like and that's okay so yeah. but ultimately like i'm like that with friends i'm like okay you pushing it and i will tell them it was one day i had a girlfriend call me it was it, actually it was earlier this year uh, and she called my phone on new year's day with some i said ah i'm gonna hang up and i call me right back we're gonna try that again because i'm not doing that
1: yeah and
0: she was like what I, said, I hung up and she called back and then she got it right but i the certain things is no let's that's not a, let's that's just approach
1: go. to it i should start yeah. with that
0: you have to do what is so comfortable. You cause you only have you. Like, like we have other people, but at the end of the day, I can't allow people and the way they respond and all that stuff to really shake me up like that. Yes, do I still get upset because I be like, man, you're being so silly. It's like stop being silly. Or, you know, I'm like, but and but I also allow my friends the space what I had to learn in that process i had to allow the space for my friends to be able to be you know to vent yeah and then but i but it's it's not a repetitive conversation if if you you get two times the third time if it's the same conversation i say okay cool we talked about this twice before what we doing to make it better going forward like what what can you do yeah so i i I do do
1: you probably would be a good therapist
0: (laughs) hey Listen. You might be. Listen, I'm about to turn into a Yala Van Zandt. She is no, not a therapist, and neither is Dr. Dr. Phil is not a real doctor. I just found that out.
1: He's like a psychology. He's, he's got a, I mean, he kind of is. He's got a psych, degree in psychology.
0: Okay, I wasn't sure. Somebody he's also that. been
1: divorced. Multi, I'm pretty sure he's been divorced multiple times and tries to hand out marriage advice. It's just like, what are you doing?
0: Listen, I, I give great advice i give great because i because though i like i said i can be emotional at times i just try i i i'm a little more pragmatic to a certain degree and a little less emotional when it comes to stuff like that and i have to tell my friends like i had a, a deep conversation with a girlfriend the other day i said your background is in therapy like you 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 are a therapist so you're moving based off of the tools that you've given this person to help them be better but it's not conducive to you it's hurting you yeah you can't stay you cannot i might because it's, this is what it is mm-hmm. so it's either you gonna rock with it and just let it be but i'm pretty sure you are very well aware that you are deserving of so much more yeah. so yeah i Call me now for your free tarot readings,
1: guys. (laughs) I wonder if sometimes, like, I just wonder if the Black community is different from the White community in a sense, like, it just seems like all my friends that are Black have more confidence than my friends that are White, and I don't, I just feel like you, like, there's just a better sense in your community of, like, building that. Does that make any, does that resonate at all? Maybe I'm not.
0: No. No. Okay. So we can unpack that. Uh, it starts when we were dragged over here on the boat. Oh, I get it. I know where it
1: comes <laughs> yeah, so from. To,
0: so think about it from this perspective where Black people, we we come from a sense of survival. A lot of things, a lot of our culture, a lot of our roots, history, survival, struggle. Um, we had to... Unlearn everything that we knew, yeah, and 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 and, and, and had to be indoctrined in, in a society and world that was forced upon us, that looked down upon us, that treated us like animals. Yeah. Slavery, and I and I and I, I explained to people, slavery is so much more worse than what they put in textbooks,
1: oh, god, yes. Uh, yeah.
0: And, and 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 now we're in the space of where you have people wanting to erase our history of slavery. They want us to get over it. But then you have certain cultures and society where you have to learn. Like, think about like the Holocaust, how fresh the, the Holocaust is so fresh. The civil rights movement is fresher. Yeah. If the fact that Ruby Bridges, one of the like the first black kids to integrate schools is still alive. And she's alive where she's like 60 something years old. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's crazy. If Emmett Till was alive, Emmett Till would just now be like 90 years old. That's
1: nuts.
0: That's crazy. And so people, the imagery that they show too, also makes it feels like it's further away than what it is because black and white you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so and and we're still in this space of people that say things like you know like people still try to erase our contribution to society even today you know and so it's 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 really it's really all we can do is be resilient all we could really be is regal all we can really do is love on ourselves like that, you know, I I think about when you said that, I thought back to my childhood, yeah. right? Because we all have like certain things that happen or, you know, within everybody's culture, right? Um, and so I think back to the the conversations that I, you know, had in regards to self-esteem growing up. Mm-hmm. You know we couldn't slouch you had to speak a certain way you know slang was not a in our a, a lot of black kids households we could not say certain things because mm-hmm. you know in and, and I was seeing certain people certain images and I'm named after a character on um dynasty Dominique Devereaux. yeah. She was like one, I think maybe probably at one point the only she was the only black character at one point. Mm-hmm. But she was this regal, rich, badass played by Diane Carroll. And I was going back and watching clips, and I was like, oh shoot, we have similar personalities. Like, I'm like, you know, caddy, little caddy, you're gonna talk that shit, but you know what you're talking about. She had fur, she had diamonds, she had all of this stuff. So black people, like, because we are not a monolith. And so we show up in so many different shapes, sizes, colors, people you got that that wanted. If you want to be ratchet, be ratchet. I love it. People hate sexy red. I love it. Mainly because she's from St. Louis. Yeah. Anytime I see somebody from our, our our city and they're winning, I'm like, fuck what you're talking about. She winning. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I like,
0: agree. And, and, and I'm like, hey, you don't have to subscribe to that. Right, mm-hmm. and and that's the other thing. But I think I'm gonna tell you this. I'm just hey, and fuck with me on this. I don't care how if 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 reincarnation is a thing, every time I want to come back as a black woman. Well,
1: that's it's that dope. That's beautiful.
0: It's that dope. Good for you. And, and I and and is because we've had to, we've had to be confident because our confidence is what has kept us sane in workspaces i'm one of the few in 2023 at the company that i work for in corporate it is myself and i she appears black her yeah. name is black she might be Eritrean or something mate but we're the only two we well, are the only 2 Yeah. In, in a room full of, of, like, so we have to be on. But also with that, it can be intimidating to people.
1: You know, I, I got to review. I don't, I don't even think what you just said, most white people understand that you have to be on. I don't think people understand what that means.
0: You got to be on all the time.
1: I know. And a friend of mine, Deon <laughs> explained that to me one time. Like, as a black man, what it's like just to have to be on at all times, it's just like, I never even thought about it. Like, I don't have to think when I walk out my door. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, generally speaking, at least in Missouri, like, if you're a black man, you're assumed you're a criminal at almost all times. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the automatic assumption that most people have. So
0: I would be pulled over, Alex, on the south side every time I would drop my friend off. Every time.
1: I've never gotten
0: I luckily always was able to... I've had people in high places, so I can I I was able to name drop, but I would be like, "Why? Okay, so what happened? Why'd you pull me over?
1: No reason. I can
0: report back to your boss because uh, that's my family. One time, Alex, I was leaving a college party, Um, my boyfriend at it was like my boyfriend at the time, my his cousins and like a friend were in my car. Chaos was happening. I think some somebody was. shooting in the parking lot. Next thing you know, I'm like trying to pull out, but then my car is surrounded with cops, lights.
1: Oh my God. Red
0: lights in my car, roll your windows down, put the window, your arms out the window on the roof of the car. And the person that's in the middle of the backseat, hold your hands up. So I'm like, what's happening?
1: Think we nobody
0: think, It's no one saying anything hey what's going on we don't know what's happening y'all got these guns and these lights pointing. like what what like what's happening no one's saying anything i said okay and i na- i dropped the name i said that's my uncle i will pull a arm my hand in and call it's 2 30 in the morning i don't think you're gonna like that yeah what is going on and then ultimately the cop would say oh your car matches the description of a car that was Mm -hmm. shooting in the parking lot i said okay understandable what's the description of the car oh a silver sedan my car is not silver it is slate gray almost black almost black like that deep of a slate yeah that's not those are two different colors
1: yeah Oh, uh, uh, I don't know how you, I truly, like, I don't get, like, I don't know how you all do it. Like, it's, it's like, I mean, I know it's like, like you're saying it's fresh and it's just like, but it's just like, what has really changed that much? Like
0: Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And that's the reality of the situation.
1: I think one thing that's changed and maybe this is a good thing is that in a certain sense, I think middle-class America is feeling a lot more of what you have felt for some years, in the sense of like wages being stagnant and things like that, you know what I mean? And not feeling the ability to advance, so maybe... I don't know, but it's just like... I I don't know, I just don't get it. I never understood that. I never understood...
0: It's years of... Well, not years, centuries and centuries of Uh, white supremacy.
1: Yeah, but like, how how do do, me as a white kid, right? That grew mm -hmm. up in a small town with almost zero black people in the town. How do I have no problem with it? You know what I mean? How do I develop normally? Like, I don't get that aspect of it. It's because some people understand
0: humanity, like you said. How can I make people better? How can I? What what is like, how can I help others? Yeah, when your mind is wired like that, it's it's completely different. It's completely yeah. different because like I never my interaction with you, like I said, like when we were in school, I didn't feel like oh I, I, was, I, don't know why I hate black people. I, hate people. I hate people. I never felt that. Yeah. But and also, but it's also it's like when you have a sense of being worldly, being in and, and and even throughout your story, you know, you know, being able to overcome adversity and everything, it's like you you were able to understand. I have a purpose. I'm supposed to help people. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. Where there's some people that are like, yeah, I'm gonna help these people, like look like me. That's never came out your mouth. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it's 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 different. Like some people are just, and and I do believe, but also we also know that and understand racism is taught. That's not the conversations that was happening in your household and amongst your peers at school.
1: Well, in both my peers at school, it's definitely happening.
0: You no. know, I mean, you know, I well, it didn't, you know what I mean? Like impact you, but like at home, like that's what we talk about. Like when it comes to education, a lot of things it, no, it does not, not a lot, it starts at home.
1: Yeah. That was, I mean, that was a huge deal. I mean, when I go back to think about it, like that is the reason why is because there was very few black people in the town, but the, the one family did live right down the street from me and that none of them had driver's license and my dad would always pick them up and drive them home. And they had grandsons that lived with them for a while that were a little bit older than me. And they were pretty influential in like helping me grow up. They taught me how to play basketball. And things like that, and I like witness racism very young. Like I would hear people like yell the N word out the car window at them when they were standing in front of my house. So, I mean, I'm sure that all plays into it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But,
0: you, but your dad was your first teacher, and you're seeing him show love to people that don't look like him to look out, and and we that's that's what it's about you know like at the end of the day when you pull our skin back we all have hearts we all bleed our stories are more similar than they are different
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. and
0: and and so it's it's once we learn that we are better together than we are divided it can change the world because like a lot of things need to be dismantled like look at what's happening not only in Palestine and, you know, in Gaza, but look at what's happening in the Congo with like all these other places. And it's been happening forever because of capitalism, greed, things. You cannot take this, up, and I get it. Like we talk about generational wealth, but it's just like, oh my God, like people don't care about people. Like it is the weirdest thing. Like I-
1: You feel like people don't care about people anymore or is it just that we're more aware of it now because it's everywhere because you're on social media and you're seeing and you're reading mm -hmm. about the war that's going on in Israel reading about what's going on in the Gaza Strip it's like if we if you didn't have that if you had the if you didn't pick up today's newspaper and read that like it wasn't the 1950s you wouldn't know that was happening so I think
0: I think it will always be I think I think we would still know to a certain degree, though, because news always travels. Like, think about it, because think even think of the different forms of publication, because at one point, you know, like, that's how we have um, that's how people connected. So like you might get your community might have this going on because somebody is talking to somebody from another country or, you know. The, because we're all connected, so just think about it. It's not just like we had the New York Times or like the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Like there are so many other publications out there spreading spreading the word. Just like, so I had so funny. You asked that I had that conversation in the middle of the mall with a former coworker. Yeah, and so she said, and she's a uh, what we would call a, a white Latina, and uh, she's What's like so she's uh she's she a latina but she identifies how she looks the 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 thought process all of it it does not align
1: okay all right
0: yeah so she she looks a certain way she dates a certain way all these different things. It's a whole conversation. We're going to have to have it offline one. But but ultimately, so she's talking to me because I had to have a conversation with her about Mike Brown. I didn't talk to her. I worked at Sachs. We were working together when that, where Mike Brown happened. And I actually was leaving St. Louis when he was on that asphalt. And mm-hmm. we know how hot it gets in the summer. There's something, there's just something about that that just, and having to explain that to people like, oh, well, he shouldn't have done, you know, what, what happened? And I was like, It's so crazy how people can manipulate certain things to, you know, make themselves feel better or make the person that is dead at fault, right? So we were talking and she was like, do you think that it's gotten worse because of social media? Or do you think that it never changed? I said, I think it's just still the same thing. We've been able to mask the bullshit for so long and we sweep things under the rug. Now it's like a huge ass pile of shit
1: yeah that we have to confront yeah I get that and it's and I think that is part of it I do very much think there's validity in what your friends saying though that's I think social media is responsible for it primarily was dividing everything I mean you can anything that you see on social media validates your opinion about something unless a friend of yours that doesn't share that same opinion shares something on your wall that doesn't validate your opinion so if you like looking at the alg- algorithms and things of facebook like you have a, a right-wing neighbor or whatever the situation might be mm-hmm. like um and you think well how can this guy think this way like what is, how isn't he reading the news and it's just like he is reading the news his version of the news his version of
0: it yeah so so here so let's stay here
1: and that's where, that's what the one thing I did learn in broadcasting school yep. was the dangers of news is that ev- the quality of everything started to suffer greatly when the 24-hour news cycle started. And that I think that's the problem. I think people, I say turn off your local news. What's the I point?
0: I had to tell my mom, that's like, mom, turn the TV off. And, and even when we were in school, I never wanted to do hard news. Like, again, again I, like I told you, I did not choose my major. My mom taught it, chose it for me. She said I'd be good at it. I always, so I wanted to do more pop culture, entertainment, tonight type things. I've done red carpets out here because I was like, I just, I want to be able to make people laugh, get to know people. I want to talk about clothes. Like, what you, what you wearing? What's going on? Yeah because people need an escape. And, and so, and I tell people kids that have media backgrounds are able to navigate social media at a completely different level of somebody that's entering it blindly because we know that it can manipulate people. We know that it, it can cause a, a certain effects on people's mental health um, and, and all of it is fake
1: oh yeah and, you,
0: and so once you realize that you navigate that space completely different i was having a conversation i was sending a message to a, a young lady um from we did an interview with her on our other podcast because she reposted a clip from my homeboy i was like yeah that's funny and that's y'all can say that y'all want to see black women as a different light but what is your algorithm what are you engaging with what are you clicking what are you liking it picks up on that so if you're consistently commenting and saying this is i said i don't see that stuff i said i see and it was about sexy red by the way <laughs> i said if this is something that you are consistently seeing in your algorithm you're engaging with it
1: yeah you're looking it up somewhere else you know, somewhere
0: or- whatever
1: yeah. i said
0: because i see her occasionally on my timeline, unless it's somebody making a reel that might have her song. Yeah. That's it. I'm like, all that other stuff, I don't see that. I uh, be I at the beginning of right before we went into lockdown, I unfollowed so much stuff. Oh me because God. our timelines are like a vision board. I started following things that only that I like either wanted to be, where you know that was feeding me you know like so it is the 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 vacation it is the fashionista it is you know like my friends that are putting out dope content that's all
1: yeah yeah i mean for a while like during the like i think probably during the the during the trump administration or like slightly after it i deleted my facebook because i didn't like i was there was friends of mine that I knew since I was a child that I did not relate to anymore. Mm. And I was just like, okay, if this platform didn't exist, like I'm pretty sure if we were having this conversation in real life, it would be going completely differently than what it is. right mm-hmm. now. And also just like our, yeah. So I don't know. I ended up, there's still a few of my friends that I just, I have just lost contact with because they couldn't just leave politics out of things.
0: And yeah, goodbye. Boundaries.
1: It, yeah, and I just don't I don't know. I'm I'm very apolitical. I don't believe in any of it. So um because it,
0: it's mean, all like because it doesn't benefit any of us like it like even even if you have a lot of money, like, okay, I get a young Republican because of the taxes. But yeah. I'm like, so some of the views, I was like, does that really make sense to you? And then even some, how the Democrats depend I'm like, okay, look. It's,
1: listen, it's, <laughs> listen, we live in a country, okay, in which they they tried to outlaw abortion. There's not a single reputable poll in this entire country that says anyone in America wants that to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no poll anywhere. So what does that mean? That means that there's a somebody, some organization influencing politics that we don't really know about. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And that organization might be Christianity, and they might need to start paying taxes if they're going to be influencing politics at the level that they're influencing at. And until, and until politicians start taking that approach that religions need to start paying taxes and their fair share of taxes because it used to be that you gave them the benefit of the doubt because they were doing good for the community that doesn't happen anymore Tell they, them. these mega churches are disgusting they Tell make them fortune them. and they don't pay anything and they're influencing how you and i live and what we have access to based on their beliefs what happened to separation of church and state? Because
0: I'm like, how do we get here? And it's not they're not supposed to be involved at all. But like you said, they be lining people's pockets.
1: And they don't have to tell anybody about anything. That's the other thing. And none of the, and I haven't you can talk about every progressive uh, politician in the world, Bernie Sanders, AOC, all these people. When's the last time somebody called out churches for just not paying anything when a lot of them make a fortune hey
0: i'm having i'm having church drama now childhood church drama
1: i just i I, i'm
0: i'm like i'm down listen and it's only i'm only
1: investing i was catholic
0: i was raised christian uh baptist so Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: um our church our church is actually a historical landmark in st louis and they can't keep the lights so.
1: on. Yeah, so. See, that's the other thing, though. There is that side of it. There is that side of it. It's just like, do no, is it? Go ahead. it. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Where's the money going? Are there people donating to your church, and you just don't know where it's going? Because I, I don't know. Nobody knows anything. But I, it's just. Yep. yep. I don't know. Yeah, that was well, the it's, thing. With,
0: that's the it's thing with definitely I mean, a lot.
1: Yeah, Catholic school, they would always say, this school is going to shut down unless we start making more money. And she's like, what? Just ask the R-
0: like Yeah, y'all pay people salary, but y'all paying them nothing. Like, what no. is it?
1: Just sell one of these things that's worth a gazillion dollars that's made out of gold here that I don't even remember Jesus ever saying we should have. Like
0: what are you- <laughs> right, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know a little bit more. We
1: should we should just start our own podcast. You and I.
0: Listen, <laughs> it's so it's so crazy. Listen, okay, wait. I'm gonna tell you a super quick story, and then we're gonna wrap up. When our pastor, the current pastor, um, it was announced on Channel 5's website that we had a new pastor, right? This is like early, still kind of early stages, you know, you comment in and on, on stuff. When I tell you the comments were on fire, they were on fire. The tea... You know how God say, "Fill my cup and let it overflow." When you, say, when we say that to each other from the the scriptures and stuff, "Fill my cup, let it overflow." Baby, it was overflowing. The tea was piping hot. Wow! And I will never forget that. And I knew that we were we were all. It was already kind of weird dealings happening, but I knew we were headed for trouble. Yeah. And, I, and at that point, I think I was. I think we might have been headed to college or might maybe in college. Some of the comments, the majority of the comments were saying, oh, he's going to suck that church dry. He's going to leave your church high and dry um, like he left our church. Don't let him have access to your funds. Like, like all of these do. different things. Then it was like the other gossip, which was watch him. Around your wife, somebody said, "Watch them around your husbands and your wives." I'm like, "Oh shit!" I told my mom. I was like, "I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think this is a good idea. Like, who do we like?
1: How can we there, tell? How, how can we who, tell God oh, this isn't a good idea?
0: This is, and here we are. Yeah, not a good idea.
1: Most of the time, it's just not. I mean, that's. I I don't know. I think it probably does. I guess it does benefit some people in certain ways, but what's the point of it? That you're scared no. to die? So,
0: you- no. okay. I think I think it is it's so interesting because I I feel like many people in a lot of churches like we read the scripture while we're there and that's it. It's not you going home, oh you got to read John chapters one through 15 and then we're going to come back and discuss it you you know what you felt is said it is somebody each person we're allowing people to give us their interpretation of the word yeah and so that's a problem right there and so you know people are able to manipulate control people based on that alone like really think about it when when i I was just talking to my girlfriends about it because she has a, a podcast where it, it's about church shame and letting go of that. And church hurt. That. yeah, actually, she went to Webster. Her name is Tavisha, but she graduated before us. But I met her afterwards uh, through, through friends that were still there. So um, we were talking about the ins and outs of it on Sunday. And it's just like, you know, well these are the things that we all experience on and different levels or whatever. But I was like, yo, when you really think about it, like that, it's literally that simple It's somebody giving you their interpretation of the word. And I think we put religious figures on such a high pedestal that we forget that they're human. So when the shit all falls down, shout out to Kanye, uh, yeah. everybody's shocked. Yeah. Like, how could you do that? I was like, well that motherfucker was human.
1: Yeah. Also, like, I don't like, I don't know. That's a, another conversation. It's just like he's just like I'm not agreeing with anything that he said. I don't think it was anything that he said was right, or the way that he did it was right. But in a certain sense, he wasn't wrong about some of the things that he was saying either. So, like, it it felt like just people latched onto the things, the crazy Nazi things that he was saying, and not listening to any other part of it
0: yeah he was so far i feel like it was okay kanye like you said outside of that i kanye has always been a disruptor yeah that's why i love kanye because he was a disruptor kanye is also
1: i don't really, really care for him that much because he's a disruptor
0: see 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 okay listen but here's the thing initially he was a disruptor for black people so to a certain extent, maybe you wouldn't you couldn't relate because of that but like it was certain things that's happening so like the George Bush doesn't care about black people because was- of what's happening in 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 uh New Orleans with Katrina and all these things and y'all not sending help it's all these things that are happening and so i i think that's what happened and so as he kind of as he entered more into that kardashian world now it's problematic because now his dealings are mainly with people that don't look like me anymore and so he that where he's not where he was an asset to us he's a liability for them yeah and so i listen i've been trying like i i was a huge kanye west fan huge it was hard because, like, when you as you saw the shift, if you've really been like, I, I went to a concert out here, we went to the Yeezus tour, me and my old roommate, and we're singing like a long song that he's on the first track, and everybody's kind of like just bopping their head. And I, I was like, yo, how y'all know get them high, you know? Like, yeah. so it's like, I, I think that's what it is. Like, so a lot of the things that he says, like I said, I feel like. Because his mom was an educator, I feel like Kanye West is was on it is on the spectrum. Donda knew it, and Donda, that's why they were so close. She pacified him a little bit, so which is why he had a hard time also with his mom passing, because like that was his crutch, that was his main, that was his lifeline, his support system. So I think that. Right now, it's like you said, it's not what he's saying. It's just that how it's coming out. He doesn't he's speaking and he's not thinking. his his mouth is moving faster than his mind,
1: yeah. I think it, like, so, of course, it's completely dangerous to like think like even speculate like the public persona of somebody and then say like they might have this mental illness. But I think he truly he suffers from something, right? But like it seems to me, grief might be the number one thing that's going on in the sense that his mom died. Right. Then he had this whole family, she left. And so now he feels abandoned by all these people that loved him. And so what do you do when you feel abandoned by people that love you? You do the opposite. Yeah. You go and you start things.
0: Yeah. I also, yes. And you were correct to say that, uh, you know, it's, it's, but he also came out and said it. (laughs) He said he was bipolar. He said he was autistic in a text message to Elon. So I don't like, I don't know if he's just throwing words around, you know, but ultimately I could see that when I could, I was, he was displaying signs of it. But then when he said, I said, I see, I knew it. But ultimately, even earlier on in his career, I was like, oh yeah, you know, you could just based on interactions and stories I would hear, you know, industry stories, but
1: ultimately you are you are correct and then also when he did that really weird thing of when he went up at the VMAs and said that didn't he say was it Taylor Swift that he said that didn't deserve an award yeah, yeah that was wild too everybody should have known back then like hey
0: he had a bottle of hennessy on the red carpet we should have known it was going to be chaos they should not have let him in (laughs) like hey you can come up in here but don't bring that bottle of hennessy like you gotta like literally but also like even before that so like think about think about 808 and heartbreak like that era don't forget kanye west was engaged (laughs) alexis left him too yeah and he found out in a radio interview yeah So like you said, there is a a sense of abandonment there, but also on the flip side of that is the conversation of what's important to you. Are you important to you? Do you feel like you matter? Because Kanye West has access to certain doctors certain people certain things that can aid him into becoming a better version of himself where there are people that are that would give anything to be able to have that access to make themselves better yeah you know what i mean like like and i know that's a harsh way to look at it but it's also the reality if i had kanye west money because when i get it because i'm gonna get it oh i know Uh, but but it's also but think about it but it's like people i i when i tell you like health wise like mental wise it would be and, and and i know money does not is not the end all be all but in this country like it allows us access like why is it that so i i'm i'm hard of hearing i had to get hearing aids Mm
1: -hmm. my
0: insurance would not cover that payment it was four thousand dollars yeah hearing aids are very expensive luckily and i had the money and i was like whoo like i just want to be a little more hard of hearing i kind of like it here because then i can just though i hear you talking to me y'all can just think that i'm deaf like But luckily I had somebody that advocated for me and I was able to get my hearing aids to the department of rehabilitation. Why is it that when I'm looking for a therapist, it is out of network or if you in network, they only cover so much of it. And I'm putting all this money into something that doesn't it like, it's really, I'm making this provider very, very wealthy. Is that?
1: Yeah. yeah, I saw something. I forgot the lady's name. Um, she's an actress. Somebody posted something on. It was actually a girl I worked with at uh, um, at Webster. She posted a uh, a video of this lady talking, and she was like, "I've been in therapy forever, and I think that everybody should be." And I'm just like, "Yeah." Whoa. That's the most dangerous thing. Why would you think you need to be in therapy forever? What? This is there. There's solutions to therapy for a lot of people, and that's part of the problem in this country. Is that we? You've all been convinced that you really need to have therapy. Some people don't. They simply just don't need it. And some people it's when just they- to be able to vent. But
0: also, yeah. I I think part of it too um is like I have a friend that's like that. That's like, oh, therapy. You shouldn't be in therapy for a lot of time. I was like. Yeah, I say, but therapy therapists can also turn into like life coaches, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm helping you set goals. I'm helping you do this and, and whatnot too. But it's also, it's like, we also have to just really be real about something is that some people thrive and like where they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the and- other thing. It's just like, and maybe it's just that I'm not the right type of therapist for that type of therapy. Like maybe I just don't understand it. But to me, life is about tackling the problems that you have, maybe setting an end goal for yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then knowing that you can always come back later if you go through something else. But
0: yeah. that's the that's real. I and I and I appreciate you being said. Hey, I might not be that for for you or somebody else No, I
1: might be the worst therapist for everyone. But okay, if, we're,
0: we're not speaking that breathing life into that
1: <laughs> I, mean, I just to me therapy for it to be successful for you to start feeling better, you have to see results, right? Or else what's yeah. the point of doing it? Well, until you start setting goals with somebody and start trying to reach some of these goals or whatever it is they're coming for like how to help them feel better, then nothing happens. So this is why people have been in therapy 15 years with the same therapist. And they say, well, I don't really feel any better. That's why I keep going. Maybe try somebody else.
0: Well, see, well, also is that a a lot of people don't realize that it is a process and that you have to sometimes you go through people. I, I know people that have gone through like five different people until they found their person.
1: It's also just that more than one therapist could be beneficial to you because you might learn more than one thing. You know what I mean? Like my coworkers know more than me about something. So it's like maybe it's not the best to go see the exact same person every day, every week, week after week after week, drudge up all these things from your past when really what good does that do whenever you could just set a goal and worry about the future?
0: And I don't want to worry about the future I want to live in the today because the future be giving me anxiety I'm just being well, real I'm I, thinking,
1: I, I'm yeah by worry about the future I guess I mean like plan for a better future
0: yeah that's yeah. you know what that's real I I was I think that also it is I think we should also be doing a lot of uh and and part of the therapy is self-work but it's that really when i say self-work it it is really holding that mirror up too because when you hold the mirror up and you are really real about your shit, and i'd be like man like maybe i could have did this you know because like we're all you know working on ourselves right i hope we are to be the you know better versions of ourselves not only you know for other people, but for ourselves, because like a lot of things, like you said, grief um, it shows up in different ways and it impacts us in different ways. But it's like, okay, we are allowed to feel our feelings because our feelings are real, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, my mom, my uh, mentioned that like. My 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 birth mom suddenly passed when I was six months, and yeah. my big boy was three. And as I was approaching thirty, she was thirty two when she passed, and there was something just happening in my mind and my body. And for my thirtieth, I because I, no one really talked about her growing up. I just mm-hmm. knew that I looked like her. That was pretty much it. So for my thirtieth birthday, I asked my dad they were married, um, my mom um, and my one of my aunts in Alabama to just write me a letter about her for my 30th birthday. I just wanted yes. to kind of learn. And only my aunt Alabama did it. Um, my dad's reasoning was like, oh, you might ask your cousins because they were really close to her. And I was like, "Motherfucking like, you're my dad. Y'all made me <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and
1: then,
0: But then the response that my aunt had given me, my mom, um, she was just like, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, why would I do that? Every day I wake up and it feels like my sister died. And I was like, that is very heavy. Yeah. At that point, like I said, that following August of me turning 30, my mom would have been dead, was dead 30 years. right? Right. So now it's 36. And so I was like, that's just very heavy. And that sounds like a very miserable way to live Yeah, because she wouldn't want you to live like that. She wouldn't want you to feel like that. You know, you have us, you've been able to push through and, 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 you know, you've had, now you have your own kid and, you know, and, and and like I said, that just is very heavy. But also, like I said, you know, at some point we have to get the strength to confront certain things and, and, and being able to heal and move on. And, and like, I know people probably like you are such an asshole. I'm like, no, I just wouldn't want, I don't, I wouldn't want somebody to be sad every day because I've I've had transitioned.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. I get it. And I mean, and that's, I think kind of what I, saying about the alcohol thing too is just like I don't necessarily relate to that person anymore because like I'm not although it was so so beneficial to me in so many ways I'm not one of those people that goes back to Alcoholics Anonymous week after week after week because I don't see the point like it doesn't it doesn't say that anywhere in the book to keep going back week after week yeah after. like I addressed a problem that I have now let's I want to just move on and try to build yeah. a better future that's it
0: it requires a certain level of strength, and I am aware that people like can't shake their their demons sometimes. So I I I so by any means like we that's not what we're saying, guys. Like I just want to be clear, but it 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 it's a certain level of it's a, it's a certain level of strength that you it took for you to get there.
1: It was a lot of therapy that took me to get there, honestly, and just <laughs> which and, hey, that struggle is that hey, that's a big yeah, step. <laughs> it was a lot of struggle. You're right, but reflecting back, like the majority of it was my fault, and I
0: yeah, okay,
1: and like I don't know, I I I am less empathetic now because of, I I don't know why, which is not which is probably not good, but. In a certain sense, it's just like, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. That would be a whole rabbit hole to go down. I just don't feel like that we treat addiction in this country properly at all. I just don't.
0: Well, sometimes, you know, even you can kind of even correlate it to the, uh, the prison system.
1: Oh, that's the word. You
0: know, like, ser- seriously, because there's so much money in it.
1: Oh, crazy! Man. We do a
0: lot of things for profit instead of for, like we don't rehabilitate people. And when you look at a lot of the things that are happening in the other countries, and you see their prison system, they like their goal is to rehabilitate people so people can go on to be, you know, like live normal lives. Like, you know, like that's really what it is about in our country. Like our medical system, the healthcare system makes so much money off of us being sick. The oh, prison. Yeah. Money- the prison system makes so much money off of people being imprisoned. Yeah, like that's how we like a lot of the uh, people that are in prison. Like they are, they're like petty crimes. Yeah, i have a, I, have a, I literally like the episode that um is coming out before this. We literally it's it's an interview with my me and my coworker former coworker about her son being in prison and her creating a space for moms. Who have kids in prison, and when she started saying what happened, he did not. No, yeah, it is a whole thing. It is set up to keep us like it's a cycle. I
1: know it's, it's uh, yeah. It's a, a weird. It's a weird world. Whenever you're profiting off of human lives, I guess. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I. That's part of what I'm saying too about like long term therapy. I feel like that's what some of those therapists are doing. I think that-
0: that's what I, because, because you are, I think you are absolutely correct. It's one thing if it's like, okay, you were my therapist, but now I'm entering this new chapter. We have done the work. Would you be interested in like, you know, if you, if you like, let's say goal setting and certain things, or you have certain things you want to tackle and your, your therapist is now your life coach. They become your accountability partner. Yeah. like that like I think that's really dope when people are able to do that I think you are correct like okay it's one thing like you said I could see if you were going like once a month every other month or whatever however it is but at some point you you have to be you go from a chickadee like a little baby bird to being able to fly you know like you are supposed to help me grow but also part of that too is the therapist is giving you work what are you doing when you leave outside those doors
1: that's sincerely the biggest struggle is that there's just so many people that don't want to that think that like by going to a therapist you're going to solve all your problems just by talking to somebody Mm -hmm. it's just like no you're not what you had to do is you had to actually comprehend the things that i'm telling you and then you have to go practice those in real life even if they're not situations that uh that you're like currently in so like if i I had a client not too long ago it's like deathly afraid of being in airplanes because one time there was turbulence it's like changing that negative experience into like all the logical things that could have like the millions of planes that go around everywhere and never crash that go through turbulence it's like challenging those things but mm-hmm. some people don't want to do that they mm-hmm. be, they want to be stuck in this these situations in which they can just continue to wallow, kind of, and not move forward, because and I I don't know. I think it's probably out of fear of change. Number one, it,
0: it's, it's very scary, and so it it requires a lot of work, and so um, and we have to be able to tackle fear to just and just do it. I was so afraid to. Go out on my own, do a podcast by myself. But I knew I wanted to do something and I wanted to connect with people. And if it wasn't like, so my one of my, 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 one of my, oh my God, I love to hear so much. I do. I love my friend to hear so much. He is like a big brother. And we're, COVID, he creates like a, a nighttime talk show, mm-hmm. you know, via Zoom. And we're all like, he, and it's still a thing. It's called Zooming with the Homies. And I was like, oh my God, like he just, We just He just did it. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just do it. My candle business, I was like, oh, I really want to do something. Like, I love candles. I I spend so much money on candles. And a former homegirl was like, oh, just do it. And I was like, you're right. You're right. And I just did it. And so it is just like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? It'll work out?
1: Yeah, the worst that can happen is you fail and then who cares? You try something else. Like, it doesn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just the worst that can happen is it wasn't the right thing.
0: Yeah. No, that's real. That is so real. But we're going to get up out of here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just real quick, just before we end, that's what it was, too, with me. And I think what I was trying to express was, like, when I went into rehab, like, I had already made that decision that I didn't want to do this anymore. So Mm -hmm. that's what was beneficial to me was that I had already made that decision to that like, hey, I'm ready to finally make this change because everything prior to that is that I was afraid to stop drinking. Once I yep. stopped fear of not being afraid to stop drinking. Once I got tired of it, then it, that's when everything kind of changed from there.
0: And I, do you think that also you was like, okay, if I don't do this, I'm going to die?
1: No, that didn't really cross my mind
0: wow okay because some people like like that's one of the things that sometimes happen for some people like i was like i knew if i kept at this this was like would take me out so
1: oh i would tell you that if i kept at it i would absolutely be dead right now if i'm if not in jail i would guess uh, one of the two or because i would have killed myself killed somebody else or gotten like another dwi probably so um yeah uh I even forgot what your what you were even saying but um Oh
0: no, it's okay. No, I was just saying like the, was that one of the realizations that also helped you cuz sometimes I know when we we talk about addiction, okay. overcoming, being sober cuz now you've been sober for about
1: it'll be 5 years on Saturday.
0: Oh,
1: okay. It's actually, it's actually probably already 5 years, but cuz like I don't I went and got drunk on my friend's Ben's couch after I got out of rehab and like I don't remember. I like I said. I got out on Halloween of 2018, and then, and then I got drink like drunk like a, a few days later, I would guess. So I just made it Veterans Day because I thought that was just like a no. Oh, that's easy. I'm, I'll remember that day, and I know I was sober by Veterans Day. So.
0: And so that was just okay. So. Yeah, because you were you were saying okay. So when you said earlier, you was like I just wanted to make sure. Like what was that thought process? Like you just wanted to make sure it was out of your system, like this is this is
1: Oh, that's just I sometimes just say that as a joke that I just wanted to make sure that the 10,000 the $10,000 that I spent on rehab was worth the money. So I wanted to make sure I was an alcoholic one more time and tried it once more and I ended up I walked the schnooks cuz I didn't have a license, slept on my friend Ben's couch for 4 days drinking wine and then eventually my parents came and picked me up. I remember it was snowing. And then after that day, I just never really... I don't know. I just...
0: It was a satchel system.
1: Yeah. I think I just, frankly, just got tired of it. I just got tired of feeling awful. And it's also like... I think if alcoholics and addicts think about the amount of energy and the amount of work that goes into living that lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just like... I don't know. At some point in time, honestly, a big wake up call for me was like, I was going through alcohol with girls one morning when I woke up and I thought, I never have to feel like this again if I don't want to, like I could just quit and I could, ne- and I would never have to feel this awful again. And that's, those are the things that I remind myself of to keep myself like together. Mm, okay. And then I also just put my defenses up. Like I just tell everybody that I don't drink new people that i meet i tell them i don't drink then i'm never offered a drink and i'm never yep. tempted for it and like i think that's a big thing or excuse that people use or whether or not it's a true fear that they think they're going to get judged for it yeah i, I was
0: yeah yeah i, I can see that
1: one friend left my life when i quit drinking one friend wow. out of all of my friends one friend every other one actually cared and wanted to see me get help and are still my friends today wow one friend left I've gotten nothing but complete and utter support from every person that I've come across. There's been nobody that has, besides that one friend, and I always just tell people: if you're scared about that, then you don't want that person in your life anyway. What's the yeah? F-
0: that's they don't real. Care about that you so
1: at real. all? They don't care about you. So what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Whew. And that's on so many levels too. Yeah. Just about that. That is that is definitely a life lesson in general. If you cannot be supporter, supportive or happy for me that I am doing my best, that I'm giving it my all,
1: you are the weakest link. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. Like-
1: <laughs> One of the biggest builders of self-confidence is just surrounding yourself with people that actually give a shit about you. That's it.
0: That is absolutely correct. Yep. So Mr. Alex Huck, do you have I, anything that you want to promote?
1: No, I don't have anything to promote. Thank you so much though for having me. Honestly, I would do this again anytime. You know, Yay. ask ask me anything type thing. We could do that or whatever. But yeah, okay. You. I
0: okay. I do I love I do, that.
1: I do watch a lot of the things that you post on Instagram and I laugh a lot like. I reached out to you about that Cheesecake Factory thing because it was super funny what you said. Like, I probably watched that at least 20 times and laughed every time.
0: Because people are lying about the brown bread, okay? I don't know who y'all trying to fool. Y'all not fooling me. (laughs) Just
1: like your delivery and your take on it was, it just reminded me of everything that that I liked about you to begin with. You know what I mean? Just like, just a smart take on something that's kind of contrary. It's just, I don't know. I just.
0: You know, but but see, this is what we talk about when you were saying people make things divisive and, and like trying to divide certain things and certain conversations. I'm just like, you, can y'all just shut up? Because we also, you have to, like we said, what's real, what's fake? Yeah. This is clearly, this is clearly fake. Because even in that episode, I'm telling my friend, guys, don't forget, y'all. I have the Everyone Needs an Aquarius podcast with my boy, Daryl. I'm saying I'm a person. I love the white tablecloths. I'll go to Mastro's Ocean Prime, no problem. But if we go on a cheesecake, I know, like I said, I'm the drinks are going to hit. We're going to get lit because some drinks going to hit, Okay. <laughs>
1: And that's why you're the queen. That's is why
0: seriously. Stop playing. Stop playing. Because if I sit down and it's been 20 minutes and you bought me my water and you ain't brought me no bread, I got a problem. Yeah. It, get, bring me get I want it fresh. I want it <laughs> hot and I want it now. Give me that damn bread, okay? <laughs> y'all know, y'all better stop playing with Cheesecake Factory.
1: Just keep y'all can listen. On. <laughs>
0: it is so true but yeah i uh well i'm gonna promote like i said i have the everyone needs an aquarius podcast comes out twice a month uh it's been getting a lot of traction so we've been trying to figure it out uh if we're gonna do weekly episodes or if the extra additional episodes will be for the patreon um so be sure to like subscribe and share both podcasts you can also watch it via youtube the solc network or you can watch my podcast as well um i tend to put certain episodes we will do a a, a crossover on my page as well and yeah don't forget i have an amazing luxury candle line affordable luxury um you know and we have a promo y'all been asking i've been thinking and i'm gonna do it f off but you must spend $50 or more to receive that a half off. I think that's a really great deal. Especially because we're going into the holiday season. Who does not, who, who doesn't love a candle? Like who doesn't? And they're made in my house with the love and intention. So yeah, support. Because if you don't support me, y'all support black business. Y'all support black women with business.
1: <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, people? How dare you? How dare dare you you buy these Yankee candles?
0: Listen, gotta do it all. Gotta do it all. So, Mm -hmm. people have merch. That is my form of merch. So, I have my candles. So, I appreciate y'all so much. And we will see y'all here next week.
1: Yep.